If you go through a design process, by the time you get to the end and you develop a product, making any significant change to that is not only nearly impossible, it's often very costly. A lot of people, when they go to a new location, they buy one of the travel guides to that country. And ideas that are all centered or framed with the goal of supporting identity development. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, educators and innovators, welcome to the electrifying season three of ISSEDU Learn. Ask me anything with your dynamic host, Mike P and Dana. We're not just here to make waves, we're here to ride the tidal waves of your incredible support to the 21,000 strong downloaders and listeners who joined us on this incredible journey. We tip our hats to you. Your unwavering enthusiasm and active engagement fuels the very heartbeat of our mission. This season, we're not holding back. We're unleashing a tsunami of valuable insights, strategies, and practical wisdom that will effortlessly weave into the tapestry of your educational institutions. Whether you're ready to implement change today or set sail on a journey of profound exploration, trust us, we got you covered. For the inside scoop of upcoming events and certification opportunities that rock your world, point your browsers to iss.edu slash events. Are you ready to ride the podcast wave of a lifetime? Mike P and Dana are here to make it happen. Let the learning adventures begin. ISSEDU Learn, Ask Me Anything, Season 3. Dive in. Ladies and gentlemen, educators and change makers, welcome to yet another exciting episode of EDU Learn Ask Me Anything brought to you by ISS EDU. I'm your host, Mike P, your favorite educator interviewer, along with my co-host, Dr. Dana Specker-Watt, who is the Director of Learning Research and Outreach at the ISS. How are you feeling today, Dana? Doing great, Mike. How about you? I'm doing all right. You know, I got to do a weather check. Cloudy, cold. <laughs> <laughs> it's Princeton. It's it's October. I don't know. No, it's September. It's not even October yet. It's oh not even God. October yet. Ahead. We also have with us Molly Faye serving as the voice of the audience. How are you today, Molly Faye? I'm doing great, Mike. Thanks. It's good to hear. So welcome back, listeners, to season three, episode four of our podcast. We continue to extend our heartfelt appreciation for your incredible support. Remember to subscribe, like, and leave us a review on your favorite podcast. We can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, and many more. We're here to bring you valuable insights and strategies for your educational institutions. Whether you're ready for immediate implementation or a journey of exploration, we've got you covered. The season is already filled with enlightening discussions and actionable takeaways. Oh, you can also stay informed with all of our upcoming virtual events and certifications by visiting us at iss.edu slash events for career opportunities. You can also explore our virtual and in-person job fairs. Now let's dive deep and exploring and learning a little bit more. Today, we have the privilege of hosting an exceptional guest by the name of Lori Bowl. Lori has recently shared her wealth of knowledge and expertise through a thought-provoking course. On our EDU platform, the course delved into recent research that explains the developmental phases teenagers go through, dispelling the misconceptions. Our discussion today is mainly based around empowering all students' executive function in a teenage brain. But before we get started, just wanted to give Lori a bit of time to just introduce herself. Let us know a little about her background, 
you know, so if she has a teenage brain monster in her household by chance. Hey, well, thanks for welcoming me. It's cold and rainy here as well in Oregon, Bend, Oregon, where I am currently living. I was an educational teacher for many, many years overseas in Saudi Arabia, Saipan, Indonesia, China, and most recently, Thailand. The pandemic brought us home. I have a son with uh, pretty profound needs, and he was not doing well during the pandemic lockdown in Thailand. And so we came home for what we thought was the summer, and then we were unable to get back. So we made that quick adjustment and became, well, expatriates in our own home in here in the USA. So here we are. And I am currently the executive director of Senya International. And I do not have a teenager at home. I have a 25-year-old and a 23-year-old. And but, (laughs) and and but, I've lived parenting teenagers. And I was at one time in my life, I was a middle school counselor where I worked with plenty of teenagers. Of course. Now, here comes my first question. You spoke about the teenage brain not fully being developed yet, right? Mm-hmm. And teenage, of course, comes with a particular age range, I guess, 13 to 18 or 19. So I wanted to know, as a person who was raised uh, in Haiti, you know, I, it was a different environment than what we have in like America. I wanted to know if there's like two 16 year olds, and especially since you've been around the world with two different type of environments, does that play a role in how fast that development goes? If I'm making sense, Lori? Oh, you're making lots of sense. I can't tell you that I would be able to answer it except for this. One, the teenage brain probably goes more likely to 25 to 26 years old. And that's what we know. So biologically speaking, the teenage brain is the teenage brain, no matter where you are in the world, right? It's those connections, those neuron connections between the different parts of the brain and the frontal lobe where all the executive functioning skills take place is the last to develop by building that myelin sheath over your neurons. And yeah, it's the last to develop. So my guess is it wouldn't matter where you were brought up, but it's more to do with biology neurobiology. And Lori, does any of it have to do with like that nature nurture part? Like part of it is like just like history and genetics. And then other part of it is how you're raised within your house or do parents just really not have control over that capacity (laughs) at all? Like, is it the one thing we can't get paid for? You know, I can only speak from experience. I believe that There's no control over it, right? Because you can be an extremely organized parent. Let's say you've got your whole life organized. You've organized your life of your child. And yet your child always has an extremely messy room or can't remember to turn in his or her homework or what have you. And that, of course, is where all the friction lies between parents, between teachers, you know, when you have a particularly high executive functioning skill and you're working with an individual who has the exact opposite 
<laughs> level of functioning in that area, that's where the friction comes in. And so I used to meet as a counselor, I met with parents all the time who were very frustrated with their teenager for not having skills in particular areas where the parents were particularly skilled in, if that makes sense. Yeah. Lori, in your workshop, you spoke about the CEO of the brain being the frontal lobe. And you also just spoke about executive functioning. Can you just explain to us a little bit about uh, how does a frontal lobe control the executive functioning? And what are some practical examples of how executive functioning impacts a teenage daily life? Are you an educator looking to elevate your career? Consider Moreland University, your gateway to success in international schools. They offer fully online programs with flexible start dates and affordable tuition rates, allowing you to balance work and personal life. Moreland University isn't your typical institution. Say goodbye to dull lectures and hello to engaging, interactive learning with passionate educators like yourself. It's a hands-on education that sparks creativity and prepares you for the real-world challenges. With Moreland University, you can earn a prestigious U.S. teaching certification or a master's degree in education from anywhere in the world. Their programs are designed to empower you to become a leader in your field. Don't wait. Take your steps forward, transforming your career today. Visit www.moreland.edu and apply now. Let Moreland University help you make a difference in student lives worldwide, one classroom at a time. Your journey to becoming an exceptional educator starts with Moreland University. A brighter future begins with you. Okay, sure. So the executive functions are held in that frontal lobe area. And as we know, that's the last to develop as individuals are growing up. And so one very practical example of this is when information comes into a student. So let's say mom or dad or teacher tells a student, hey, go get your things ready for school. And their face is kind of like mine right now, a little bit flat affect. It's not, you know, like smiling. It's not whatever. It's just kind of there, <laughs> you know? So they say, go get ready for school. And the teenager reacts explosively. Why are you yelling at me? Why are you angry with me? Which is, it happens all the time, right? For parents of teens, we know these things. So you were at my house this weekend. I'm just yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the reason this happens is because again, that frontal lobe, it's the last area to develop. So this information comes into a teen's brain. It hits the brainstem. It travels to the hippocampus area. The hippocampus is kind of that area that tells us things are all good or we need to go into that amygdala, which is that alarm bell, right? That do we go into fight and flight, fight or flight, freeze, right? And so the information travels, it goes to the hippocampus, it decides, is this a threat to me or is this all good? Well, when the information's traveling, those neural pathways to the executive functioning, which holds our emotional regulation, it's not completely built. And so, so quite often the teen sees it as a threat and then their emotional regulation is explosive. So that's one example. That makes sense. 
Okay. It's hard to explain without a diagram, but <laughs> doing my best. Lori, from what you were just saying, it helped me remember in your session, you covered the fact that the teenage brain does respond from the amygdala, that gut reaction, whereas the adults reacted more logically from another part of the brain. And I was just wondering if you could speak into how this knowledge can assist educators in a school setting working with teenagers who react from that gut spot as opposed to the more logical side. Oh, yeah, that's a rough one. But yeah, I think adults can. I think the most important thing to do is remember that teens are working from the teenage brain and they're not always going to respond the way we wish them to respond. So just by having that knowledge, I think that's very empowering for adults right there. Like, okay, this student is reacting in this manner. This has nothing to do with me. Don't take it personally. And I think as educators, you know, we we try to tell us ourselves that often, and yet we still do, right? We'll, we'll be in a classroom situation, teaching away, a student says something, and immediately what happens? Our amygdala fires. And then we don't react in a way that is great sometimes, right? So what we want to try to do is maintain our own emotional regulation and just keep at that calm phase. We want to not show any sort of reaction in a way that's going to upset the student anymore. And so, yeah, we want to regulate ourselves. And then once we do that, we can work with the student and then have that conversation. So I mentioned also in the presentation, I mentioned about Dr. Ross Green, and he really promotes the idea of collaborative, proactive solutions, which are conversations that you have with the individual. Now, you never have the conversation with the individual at the time of the reaction. You wait until they're at baseline, that they're calm, and then you have a conversation. Hey, I've noticed that when I say this or do this, this is your reaction. What's going on? What's going on there? You know, and just help them walk through the process. I also think that it's essential to teach teenagers about the teenage brain and let them understand their own neurobiology, right? Because once they understand that, it brings a lot to light. I used to work with my daughter quite often on it when she would respond in a way that was alarming to me. <laughs> I'd be like, okay, and just kind of let it go or divert, do whatever. And then later on, I'd say, hey, when you responded in this way, this is what I heard. This is what I felt. Remember the teenage brain and what happens? What do you think went on there? And then we could have a conversation about it. So I think nothing can really Fine. happen in the moment. What's How that? How do you give them? I'm, I'm just, I'm taking notes. You'll see, I have a pen in my hand, which is the, the listeners cannot see, but I'm taking notes. Just someone had a similar situation in the past couple of days. So like how much leave time do I give before I reach out and say, okay, can we have a conversation about explosion the other day and, and, and chat about proper ways to react? In yeah. Time? Well, I think it, it has to be when they're in a place that they can have that conversation. And that's different for everyone, right? Yeah. yeah. And sometimes they'll come to you. My daughter used to come to me and be like, oh, hey, I responded in this way. I'm really sorry about that. What I meant 
<laughs> was this or what I was feeling was this. So, you know, for some, they can have the conversation an hour later. For others, it might be a few days and it's dependent on the situation and the individual. Thank you. As an educational professional, you likely understand the positive and crucial role inclusion has on classroom culture. And you might be on the lookout for a community of like-minded educators. Senya International is that community. Senya is a nonprofit organization that advocates for individuals with disabilities and promotes inclusive educational practices across the globe. With a network of educators, families, students, and professionals, Senya offers connection, professional learning, and support for educators like you. Connect with the Senya community via our membership program or a local chapter in your area. Enjoy professional learning with the Senya community via our podcasts, online certification program, and in-person or virtual conferences. Support Senya through our sponsorships, awards, and scholarship program. So, what are you waiting for? For more information, head to our website, senyainternational.org. That's S-E-N-I-A international.org. And together, we continue to make a difference and fulfill our vision of living in an inclusive world. Lord, do you have some strategies that teens or students can use to improve their executive functioning skills? Yes, there's all sorts. There's a lot of different curriculums and programs out there to support executive functioning. Now, one, we need to teach kids about their executive functioning. And some schools do it uh, all school-wide and they do, might do it during advisory where they bring up the topic and they'll focus on an executive functioning skill for that week. And that's important. And we we talked about that in the presentation, how school-wide focus on executive functioning is essential. There's things like for emotional regulation, there's things like called the zones of regulation, which you may have already heard about, but it it's brilliant. It encourages you to identify how you're feeling in the red zone, the yellow zone, the green zone, and the blue zone. And you would identify how you're feeling. And then uh, there's strategies that you can do to kind of get you back into that green zone, which is like, I'm ready to go. What's important is that you identify and you tell uh, students that no matter what zone they're in, that's okay, because that's how they're feeling in that moment. If they're in the red zone, which is explosive, angry, maybe throwing things, you know, then we want to to regulate them enough so they're safe for themselves and others. So Zones of Regulation is a really good program. Anything by Michelle Garcia Winner, who does the program called Social Thinking, it really works with individuals to help them identify their own thinking behind the social realm, right? I'm kind of focusing right now on the emotional regulation, the social issues piece of executive functioning. You know, we also have the planning, prioritizing, goal-directed persistence, et cetera. But I think what your question is versus what I'm answering is you're asking what the students can do. Right now, Mm -hmm. the onus can't be on the students. Mm -hmm. Yes, they need to take some responsibility, but the onus needs to be on the school and the educators because when students 
don't have fully functioning frontal lobes yet, what we need to do is we need to lend them our frontal lobe. And we do that by giving them all these tools and strategies. Within all the research that you have done within the teenage brain, what's the most fascinating finding that you have found in the field? Yeah, I think I've pretty much talked about what I find the most fascinating. It's the emotional regulation piece, the alarm bells ringing. For me, that was the biggest aha moment as both a parent and a middle school counselor is that they're just not reading the same facial emotions as we might be portraying. And that just opened up the world to me like, ah, I get it now. And then Dr. Green's work on there's no such thing as a lazy kid, that kids do well if they can do well. And if they're not doing well, then we need to figure out what it is that's going on some sort of unsolved problem or lagging skill. And quite often these lagging skills are in executive functioning and it's all brain related. Thank you, Lori. I guess during your teenage years, did you feel like your frontal lobe was going crazy? It wasn't intact fully (laughs) compared to your older years? I think (laughs) you never know that's going on as a teenager unless you're taught about it. And that's why I think it's so important to teach them, right? We were never taught about this, of course. Teens have always been defined as lazy, explosive, sexually driven, uh, <laughs> hormone driven, right? I mean, just all these names that we have for teenagers. But it wasn't until the late 70s that they started studying the brain of teens. And really, it's just within the last few decades that there's been an understanding of it. And I would say it's rare that schools teach about executive functioning. So if I had any call to action for any listeners here, it would be start (laughs) teaching executive functioning to your students and make it a school-wide commitment. You know, one thing I think that we often overlook is in, in schools is also our need to educate parents. Because if you think about it, like the parents are probably in your generation, my generation, where right at the same point, right? And so this research didn't exist when we were growing up. So like our parents certainly didn't have access to it, which means that we may not have had access to it. And so parents could, it just would help them, I think, end that conflict or lessen that conflict that happens a lot during these teenage years. And I was so happy when I heard you say 25 or 26, because I was like, okay, good. Because I'm I'm not crazy. They're, They're still in it with three kids who fit that time frame, But it's interesting because it's really like, we forget about how important the parents are as community members and stakeholders in our schools. And it helps them because we don't know, a kid could be coming to a classroom who just had a huge blow up with their parent in the car on the way to school. The amount of times my kids got out of the car, not talking to me at school. And I'd be like, great. No, I have to go to work, but they're going to sit in a class. They're a poor teacher. Because they are not going to be paying attention to what's supposed to be happening. But so I wish, I don't know how we reach more parents, but I think that teachers have so much that they can offer parents about understanding the way kids think and the way they function and all of those things. And so this is so important. I've absolutely loved learning from you. This has been so fascinating for me, Lori. I really appreciate it. Mm. 
Thanks. Well, the first thought I had when you said that is that's why those zones of regulation are so important. And again, if that's school-wide, even in high school, even in middle school, a lot of people think it's only an elementary curriculum, but you know, you can walk in to a classroom and I've seen different classrooms, you know, in elementary school, it's a little easier because they'll have like magnets or where they move to what zone they're in, or they have sticky notes on their desk and just pull out the one that zone they're in. So the teacher can be like, oh, sorry's in the blue zone today. I wonder what happened. And then they can have that conversation with them. But imagine how powerful it is for a high school teacher to be able to know where your students are at and how that must empower high school students to be like, okay, I'm feeling in the blue zone today. I just had a fight with my mom and I'm that's all I can focus on. I can't focus on algebraic equations. I'm just going to let my teacher know I'm in the blue zone. And then the teacher would, again, not take it personally or think this student is being lazy or what have you. They would just know that this student's in some sort of feeling something right now. Hi, everyone. This is Aaron Moniz, one of the co-founders of Inspire Citizens. My name is Scott Jameson, and I'm the Global Collaborations Lead for Inspire Citizens. We help inspire schools to live their mission of global citizenship. We look at existing units through the lens of empathy to impact and connect student learning with themes like sustainable development, harmony with nature, social justice, and the holistic well-being of our community. We also work with students to co-design student leadership programs. Another way that we support educators is through our Global Citizenship Certificate in partnership with ISS. This certificate program involves best practice resources for global citizenship education, interactive opportunities to engage with other cohort members, a great team of coaches to walk you through your learning, and optional opportunities to connect via seminars with other participants from around the world. Please visit inspirecitizens.org and click on the Inspire Educators tab to register for the Global Citizenship Certificate, visit the ISS website, or go to the ISS EduLearn Passport to register today. At Inspire Citizens, we believe that the young people in our schools have the potential to lead change and inspire others through their work towards a more sustainable future. We look forward to working with you, and we hope that together, our resources and your contacts can help to create a more harmonious future. There's um, this scene, and so my kids and I got really into watching the show, The Bear, which is just really, really, really good. But at one point, so it's about a restaurant in Chicago. And at one point, there's the main chef and his like sous chef or second in command. They decide to develop this code. So when they know that they've gone too far, they just have to de-escalate immediately. And it's just a matter of like doing this over your heart and it's like rubbing your fist over your heart to each other and then doing this. So, you know, like, okay, I hear you, but we got to step away. I started doing that with one of my kids and it is phenomenal in the moment because we'll both like start going and all of a sudden we're like, and it just like, oh, we just remembered this is what matters. Our hearts are what matters. And we've just, we've got to deescalate right at this moment. Love that. It's helped so 
much. And so, yeah, now I'm from a TV show. Like we know. Yeah. Well, hey, where, like, wherever you can get it. Yeah. <laughs> But it reminds me, you mentioned about parents and yes, you know, as counselors or educators, um, you know, educators or teachers already have so much on their plate that having to support families as well can be overwhelming, but it can and should be done. And maybe that's through the counselors. I used to have presentation nights at school where we would go over the teenage brain and help parents learn. There's a great questionnaire you can take if you buy the book by Peg Dawson and Richard Guare. In fact, we did that in our course. You can take it and you can see your own executive functioning strengths and challenges. And I think that's really important for parents to be able to do with their children and understand where their clashes might come. Thanks so much, Lori. Did you want to let our listeners where they can find you? Sure. So... Again, I'm part of Senya International, and that's www.senyainternational.org. And we also have conferences, senyaconference.org. And we have coursework, senyaacademy.org. And anytime you want to reach out, we are here. Support all our learners. Awesome. Thank you, Lori. Dana, any last words? Thank you, Lori. Yeah, I always learn from you. And I had no idea of your extensive background in counseling prior to this. And this is just, I mean, it all makes sense, but you're just fabulous. You're just constantly surprised me by more and more depth of knowledge that just is encompassing in your brain. It's just amazing. So thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. But thank you so much. Appreciate it. Molly Faye, last words. I'm just super grateful. I think I'm just echoing everything Mike and Dana have said, but every time we talk, I come away with more little nuggets of wisdom and things to think on and continue to consider and apply to my life. And I'm really grateful to know you and be a part of this conversation. Thanks, everyone. With that said, thank you so much, Lori, for sharing valuable insights and experiences with us today. It's been a pleasure having you on EDU Learn. Ask me anything. And to our listeners, thank you for tuning in. If you found this episode inspiring and informative, please be sure to hit the like, subscribe, and share your AMA with your educator friends. Stay tuned for more exciting episodes down the line. Until next time, keep exploring, keep learning, and keep making a positive impact in the world of education. Until next time, my fellow educators, bye-bye.